A real love survives a rock steady vibe. That was the opening line of one of the most legendary albums from the 2000s by ska band No Doubt. When No Doubt released Rock Steady, they hadn't had a hit since 1997 with Don't Speak, and the pressure was on after their previous release didn't quite match up to the success of their Tragic Kingdom album. And match up they did with this one. With four amazing singles, three of which became smash hits, it's safe to say that No Doubt more than delivered with this dancehall-inspired album. Today, join us as we dive into the history of the Rocksteady album, so just keep on dancing and join me as we deep dive into Rocksteady. Hey everybody, my name is Michael Kadosh and I'm here to welcome you all to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. I think we did some really brave things on Rocksteady. It was a big you to like worrying about what anyone thought about us or trying to live up to anyone's expectations about our band. It was a really liberating, freeing moment for us. Hey everybody, this is Michael Kadosh here, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. Before I get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been so supportive of this podcast, especially over the last couple of weeks. Everybody over at eTalk who had me on the show to talk about Britney, all the new faces who have been listening to the podcast and who have been sending me messages. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I'm so glad you guys are enjoying it. This week... We are talking about No Doubt. And if you guys know me, you know that I am a huge fan of Gwen Stefani. I've already done a Love Angel Music Baby episode in my first season of this show. So make sure to go listen to that if you haven't yet. But today we're going to be talking about her time with the band No Doubt and their Rocksteady album, which is one of my favorite albums by them and just one of my favorite albums from the 2000s altogether. So without further ado, let's get started. So Rocksteady is the fifth studio album by American rock band No Doubt, and it was released on December 11th, 2001 through Interscope Records. Initially, the album was recorded in Los Angeles and San Francisco, and the group traveled to London and Jamaica to finish the album, which ended up playing a huge part in influencing the actual sound of the album. The group collaborated with many different writers and producers for the first time for this album, including Nellie Hooper, Rick Ocasek, William Orbit, Sly and Robbie, and the legendary Prince. Stefani commented that No Doubt worked with so many people for this record because none of them were available for the time needed to actually make a whole album, so they kind of just had to take as much as they can get with each producer. Due to the many different producers that the group worked with on the record, the genres depicted in the sound of the album are incredibly diverse. Rocksteady dips into electropop, dancehall, and new wave when it comes to sound. The band wanted to create an album that captured the vibe of Jamaican dancehall music, as well as writing songs without traditional instrumentation versus their songs that they had done in the past, which had always been with live instruments. Has has working on this sort of hip-hop thing influenced the next No Doubt album? Um, I think we were really, we were a little bit, but I think more we were really influenced by the whole dance hall thing. Yeah. We were really getting into the dance hall on our last tour, doing a little dance hall parties backstage yeah. and stuff like that. So. so, so, but I understand on the new album you're really working, you're working with Dr. Dre and the Neptunes and people like that. Dude, we've been working with all these people, but we've been uh, opening ourselves up to different kinds of music and mostly uh, dance hall reggae, and we just we love music and this album's amazing. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> When's it coming out? What's it called? It's called Rocksteady. 
right there. Oh, <laughs> just to hold the hands up. And um, it's coming out December 18th. We got a single coming out in October. I swear, I, I haven't been this excited in a long time. I got butterflies in my stomach when I found out it was coming out December 18th. I feel the, the thrills. Ah. I feel it. While the band was on tour promoting their previous album, Return of Saturn, they would throw these after-show parties where Jamaican dancehall music was at the center of the DJ playlist. And it was around this time that they decided that they would go towards the direction of recording a dancehall-inspired album for their next effort. And alas, Rocksteady was born. Gwen had a goal of writing one song per day, and the band ended up using many of the demos that were recorded during the process of making the album as the actual final tracks in order to keep the initial spark from when the songs were first written. Someone said it's not just one new direction, it's 12 new directions. (laughs) We like to call it a fruit salad of sound. Like that. Like that. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. Strong. But, no, I mean, we've always had... <laughs> we've always Gwen had just a, come up with that just now, and you're thinking, <laughs> no, she don't. No, I've been saying we that for years. <laughs> we thought egg salad sounded better. Egg salad. <laughs> gas afterwards. But you guys, you guys are one of those rare groups. Well, you started it all off from being a rock group, kind of that new metal sound, crossing over with the fusion of hip-hop, and this song's very reggae We started well. off because of, of actually... Um, English ska music is what we fell in love with. We fell in love with Madness and the specials and all that. And then we, we just always had a hundred different influences. So, I mean, all of our records have a hundred different styles on them. And this is just an evolution of, of that. I think this record for us, I think we all agree, is the most yeah. fun and um, easiest album we've ever made. So Gwen Stefani, who is the lead singer of No Doubt, wrote the lyrics on the album. She's always been a songwriter and she has always written every word that she sings. She went on to say that she wrote the lyrics for this album much faster than in previous No Doubt albums. Topics on this album range from partying to her then relationship with Bush frontman Gavin Rossdale and we all know how that relationship ended up but we'll talk about that later. On this record the band didn't use many of their standard instruments used on previous records and instead they used electronic keyboard effects to create a less alternative sound and more of a dance-dancehall oriented sound. The album also, according to MTV News, was a part of the decade nostalgia of the 1980s retro movement. You know, the 80s were definitely coming back around this time. Mariah was coming back with glitter and had that 80s sound to it. No doubt kind of wanted to incorporate that as well. And Gwen went on to have more 80s inspired music when she did her solo record, Love Angel Music Baby. So this really was the precursor to that. I do believe that the success of the Rocksteady album kind of paved the way for Gwen's solo album. So these years, 2001 up until 2007, are really kind of like the golden years of Gwen Stefani. From this album, with no doubt, to her two solo records, she really took over radio. The album comes on the heels of some solo success for Gwen, who had just gotten her first ever solo hit as a feature on Eve's Let Me Blow Your Mind, as well as a feature on Moby's Southside. Many critics and fans alike believed that Gwen would be going solo, but she shut those rumors down with the release of the Rocksteady album. That isn't to say that there wasn't a little bit of drama amongst the group members, but it is what it is. When there is a female lead in a band with men, it is inevitable that she would be the one that is receiving the most attention. Not to mention her being the lead singer, she's also a female versus a whole bunch of men. It's only natural that she's going to get more attention. That being said, No Doubt went on to create what some considered to be their most mainstream and pop-oriented album, and it was met with overwhelming success, especially commercially. We wanted to record almost every song, or as many songs as possible on the record in such a way that they would sound really good, um, like pop really loud at a dance club or at a party. We wanted to make a record that we could dance to, like really dance to it in a club. We wanted to be in a club and we wanted our song to come on and we wanted to boogie down. The process was definitely different this time. It was just a completely different way of working. On a good day, we'd get together 
and by the end of the day, we'd have a song written and a great, pretty good sounding demo recorded. You know, we had to prove to ourselves that we could improve as songwriters and as musicians. It would feel great. We'd burn CDs that night and listen to them in the car the next day. And that's the actual tracks that you're hearing on the record, because we were able to take those tracks, bring them to Jamaica, and then add to them. Drinking red stripes and eating jerk chicken, and, and then we'd finally roll in the studio about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it's just like, no problem, man. Everything's going to be fine, you know? <laughs> The album spawned four singles, all of which have gone on to become iconic songs for the band. We have Hey Baby, Hella Good, Underneath It All, and Running. So why don't we get into these singles, shall we? So I just wanted to take a minute to let you know about this amazing small business that I have been working with recently. They go by Jaden Collections, and it's all kinds of fun little accessories. You got jewelry, graphic tees, stickers for your laptop. You can get some new trendy masks because we all know how the COVID's been going. And just fun little trinkets for everyday life. Go to jadencollections.com. Jaden is spelled J-A-Y-D-E-N. And just for you guys, if you enter the code PLANET2000s on their website, you can get 20% off anything. So if you want to get some fun little earrings, some bracelets, some graphic tees, just enter the Planet 2000's code, and you can get 20% off at Jaden Collections. For a small town biz mama doing her thing, and they are blowing up, please go and support you guys. Thank you guys for listening to Planet 2000's. Back to the podcast. The first single from the album was Hey Baby. It was released as the first single in October 2001, and it was a true comeback for No Doubt. After a few years of having relatively low-charting singles, Hey Baby ended that era turning into a worldwide hit. The track was written by No Doubt band members Gwen Stefani, Tony Cannell, and Tom Dumont, as well as a verse that was written and performed by the iconic dancehall artist Bounty Killer. It started off as a jam. We were in San Francisco, um, Tom, Tony, and myself, and we... We're just jamming to two track in a, in a in a small studio. It wasn't. It was for demo purposes. It wasn't even supposed to be for the album recording. That was one of the, like musical tracks, instrumental tracks that we brought back, and then we built it up as a song with with uh, with Gwen at the uh, at Tom Studio in Los Angeles, and then we had kind of the, the basic structure, and then we took that to Jamaica. So we go down to Jamaica, and we try to re-record the drums, the guitar, and the bass, and we, we just couldn't match the vibe of the demo so we kept the demo drums the demo bass do we keep your guitars too i don't think there's any guitar in there it's all keys and slant went through the slime robbie filter and he, they brought in bounty killer and, and then we mixed it in london with spike so and then bono walked in when we were mixing it and he's like this is great i think you guys should you know throw this melody on there and hey baby baby like he he's like you should put that in there we're like okay yes we will bono from you too great idea somewhere in the world there's an audio track of yeah bono you know kind of freestyling like vocal ideas over hey baby you know i remember he had a mic and i think they must have i bet they erased that track bono like bono from u2 that's epic the song is heavily influenced by those after tour parties that i was talking about earlier in this episode which had many groupie debaucheries that occurred at these after parties. The band's bassist Tony Canal described the lyrics of the song as a very PG version of the groupie events that took place while touring for the Return of Saturn album, which was the album that came out before Rocksteady. The song details female groupies who attended the parties to hook up with the male band members, and Gwen actually commented that if you're talented and you're up there, girls just want to make out with you. The music video for the song was directed by iconic music video director Dave Myers, and it follows the lyrics quite well, actually. It shows the band on their tour bus, stopping at a club called Club Punani. 
clever. <laughs> One scene in particular mirrors actual events with Tony Canal having his picture taken with several women, paying for it by taking money that the drummer of the band Adrian Young earns from hanging from gymnastics rings completely naked. And this really did cause some stir back in the early 2000s. You know, him being completely naked in this video. The band also performs in front of a black and red background with the words, hey baby, rock steady, and no doubt written all over it. An iconic 2000s image, if you ask me. Adrian Young's full frontal nudity on the gymnastic rings shown during Bounty Killer's line, the way you rock your hips, you know it amaze me, was controversial. Bounty Killer's rival, Beanie Man, stated that the video portrays Bounty as a gay. That is a Jamaican artist and that can't go on in a dance hall. No way. Bounty Killer canceled his performances with no doubt because of the incident, stating that they did not understand because they are from America and they accept gay people. If Jamaica is upset, I ain't going to accept no success that my culture is not proud of. Yikes. I never even know what the fuck was Super Bowl. I never care. When I saw that naked man in the video, I want to kill now, though, literally. It caused a big problem. It caused publishing problem. It caused relationship problem. Everything broke down. Because that shit wasn't in the video. It was a two-day shoot in California. And Mike Myers shoot the fucking video. And no naked guy was in it. And the naked guy has nothing to do with the storyline of the fucking song. So when I saw it, I told them, take that shit out. Because that shit gonna cause me problem with my culture. And they said what, thank you? No, they agreed. Yeah. But they still ain't got a video with it. So instant, everything broke down. Yikes, 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 yikes. Well, honestly, you know, it is what it is. People want to think what they want to think. Cultures believe what they want to believe. At the end of the day, we love everybody here. And props to No Doubt for not giving into that anti-gay narrative and for keeping, you know, staying true to the song, but also staying true to themselves, their artistic integrity and their core values, which clearly Bounty Killer didn't have those values, but we love everyone here. So it is what it is. The song is a dancehall song and it is a 2000s dance staple. It received very positive reviews from critics. Entertainment Weekly's David Brown described the chorus as big, bustling, and irresistible, and its hip-hop influence as kicky. Launchcast's Lisa Oliver described the song as a mix of space synth and reggae that bursts with Batman punches. The track was a hit on the charts. It reached number two in New Zealand and in the UK, number three in Norway, as well as number five in the US. USA, and it reached number one on the U.S. mainstream top 40 radio chart. The song also won the band their first ever Grammy Award at the Grammy Awards in 2002 for Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals, and the video for the song won two MTV VMAs in 2002 for Best Pop Video and Best Group Video. Congratulations on another Grammy. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your, in your little, you mean? Yeah, yeah. We all, we all artists over here, man. I'm trying, oh, yeah, I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying, oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. yeah. Damn, me, me. We all artists, man. We go, you feel me? We going to have this, like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right with this I shit. gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I don't gotta lie, don't play with it. Don't play with it. No. Take that shit. Sir. And that, oh well, I won the Eve one, but we never. This is our first one as a band. Wait a second. This is the first No Doubt this is Grammy. The first No Doubt first Grammy what? ever, ever. How, How many feel? nominations have we had? Nine. Nine. 
Wow. One wow. Batting, I didn't one even know that. Throw. That's pretty. If we were playing baseball, we'd be, we'd we'd be, be out. Really yeah. bad. Tony, will you be the, the cameraman and or the the reporter and, and put the mic towards this? these two? Adrian, <laughs> how many Grammys have you won? One. Uh, how many times were you nominated? Nine. You suck. The second single from the album was Hella Good. It was released as a second single on March 11th, 2002. And the song was the first time that the group ever collaborated with the Neptunes. The Neptunes is a production duo made up by Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. Gwen wanted to write an upbeat song about the positive things that were going on in her life at the time. So she decided to end every sentence in the chorus with the lyric, keep on dancing. Gwen borrowed the term hella, which is slang mostly used in the Bay Area as to mean very, and the track is funky and draws comparisons to Billie Jean by Michael Jackson and Brick House by Rick James. Side note, you guys, this song is also very important to me because I have a story <laughs> when I was like six or seven years old. I guess I would have been seven because that's when this came out. I had my first ever karaoke machine that someone bought for me. It was basically a karaoke microphone that had the red, yellow, and white plugs that you would plug into the TV. All these songs would come up and you could do karaoke and you would be able to buy the karaoke songs online and load it onto the microphone. It was all very high tech for the time. Literally the first song of my selections on this karaoke machine was Hella Good by No Doubt. So I remember singing this song at karaoke at seven years old. I would just plug in that microphone to the TV and just sing all the time. And this was one of my go-to karaoke tracks. Fun little memory from my childhood. The music video was directed by Mark Romanek and is filmed completely in black and white. It doesn't really have a plot, but rather many different sets, including the band on an abandoned ship and on jet skis. The director of the video said that the concept was based on a black and white Italian Vogue shoot from the 90s, where the models were on wave runners. Beauty shots, beauty shots, beauty shots. That was the focus of this video. And it's a beautiful video. The song was a moderate hit on the charts, reaching number three in Belgium, number eight in Australia, and number 13 in the USA. It reached number one on the US Dance Club Songs chart, and number three on the US Mainstream Top 40 radio chart so it was still a pretty big hit at radio. The song was also nominated for two Grammy Awards at the 45th Annual Ceremony in February 2003. It was nominated for Best Dance Recording and Best Remixed Recording Non-Classical. They lost, but considering they won other Grammys for this same album, I'd say they didn't really feel the loss. Released as the third single from the album on July 22nd, 2002, Underneath It All is one of No Doubt's signature songs. It is a reggae fusion song and it was written by Gwen Stefani and David Stewart. It was written during a visit with Gwen's then boyfriend and eventual ex-husband and baby daddy cheater, Gavin Rossdale. That's right, he cheated, and that's what he is known as. Thank God Gwen is happy now and married to Blake Shelton. It's hilarious to me to listen to these songs from back in the day when she was so in love with Gavin, and I just keep thinking, girl, he's trash, I wish you knew. But who really does know that their loved one that they trust is gonna do them wrong, Gavin? Anyway, back to the podcast. The song was Gwen's love letter to the man that she then loved. The song features Jamaican rapper Lady Saw, who wrote and recorded her part on the spot upon first listening of the song when the band was recording in Jamaica. It's a beautiful love song, and you can hear the emotion in Gwen's vocal, and it's such a great groove and vibey track. It's one of my favorites, and it resonated really well with audiences. Critics were a little critical of the song, but once it picked up so much steam at radio, there really was no denying that this was a hit. The music video was directed by Sophie Muller, who still works with Gwen to this day, and Sophie wanted to add more sexual themes to the look of the video to contrast with the innocence of the song's lyrics. The original idea for the video was to show Gwen with heavy makeup and really overdone, kind of like a stripper, and have her remove her clothing throughout the video. Sophie found that this complicated the video too much, so each sequence just shows Gwen with progressively less makeup instead. You see her at the beginning of the video with heavy, heavy makeup until the end of the video where she's on the bed in just a tank top and completely bare makeup, showing that she she really is lovely. 
underneath it all. A cute little entendre with the lyrics, and it's a beautiful video. If you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It was a staple on Much Music when I was a kid, so I knew it pretty well. The song became, no doubt, highest charting single in the USA, peaking at number three. Don't Speak from the 1995 album Tragic Kingdom wasn't allowed to chart, just FYI, at the time of its release in 1997, but more on that in the Planet 90s podcast that's coming next year. <laughs> the song reached number one on the US mainstream top 40 radio chart and also peaked at number eight in New Zealand. Another win for No Doubt, Underneath It All won the group their second Grammy Award for Best Pop Collaboration with Vocals at the 2004 ceremony. Running was released as the fourth single from the album on January 27th, 2003. It was co-written by bandmates Gwen Stefani and Tony Canal, and it's most notable amongst millennials for being the song that plays during the final episode of the beloved television series Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I remember that scene. <laughs> they used an old Yamaha keyboard when writing the song that Tony's father had actually gifted him when he was in eighth grade. The song is stripped down and simple, beautiful. It kind of has this Mario Brothers video game essence to it with the keyboards, however, it mixed in with a lullaby. I guess it's my best way to explain it, but it's a very beautiful song. Unfortunately, it wasn't the hit that the other singles were. It only reached number 62 on the Billboard Hot 100, but you know, it still made a legacy and left a lasting impact. Being on shows like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, it's just kind of considered like a 2000s sad song. One that I love, so. Hey, if I love the track, if Mr. Planet 2000s loves the track, then it's a good one, okay? Thank you guys for tuning in to the Planet 2000s podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet 2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. Another highlight on the album is the Prince-produced and co-written track, Waiting Room. Working with Prince was a dream come true for the band, especially for Gwen. I sent him the demo of what we had started called Waiting Room. And when I got off the plane in Minneapolis, we're going through the airport, his his bodyguard was there and he had this phone. He's like, the artist wants to speak to you again. I was like, okay. So he puts me on the cell phone and he goes, I had to rewrite the song. And I was like, okay. He's like, but I think you're going to like it. And so we get to the studio and, and it's there, Paisley right? Park and right. he's there and he's super sweet and like is there an showing instant, us around. Is there an instant sort of chemistry in the sense that you both speak the same language musically? No. He's no. on a whole nother planet level. I went in the booth and I did not come out for like eight hours. I'd like, can I get a water? Like it was like, and he Work. would be like sitting at the desk and he just literally one like harmony after another he would just feed it to me and i'd have to like spit it back out and i was it was so Were you scared i was so scared because i'm not even that good of a singer do you know what i'm saying like i i i don't, I don't know agree I with that it. i think your songs are hard to sing i, I don't think those are easy but i'm songs. saying technically yeah. as a singer i'm like i kind of have my style or whatever but it's not like i have a big range or you know what i mean i right. I, I can sing in tune and i can hear notes but but he's like a i mean he's just like a genius do you know what i'm saying he's and he's he's like oh i haven't done these kind of um these kind of like harmonies since like Wendy and Lisa and I'm just sitting there going is this happening to me right now like, right, this is right. so incredible that's really quite a story isn't it you know you're a legend when you have Prince saying all those things about you and working on a record with you quite mind-boggling definitely the album was well received by critics even though there were some mixed reviews but on this podcast we only focus on the positive darling <laughs> Rolling Stone magazine's Rob Sheffield wrote that it was impressive to hear no doubt summon the musical imagination to transcend the formula that used to imprison them Kimberly 
Rares of Time Magazine stated that Rocksteady was able to integrate ska, pop, new wave, and dancehall without sounding contrived or chaotic. And Reyes also added that though the album lacked the energy and sales of No Doubt's 1995 breakthrough album Tragic Kingdom, Rocksteady was their greatest effort to date, the sound of a band dropping pretense to realize its potential. So, you know what? There was some shade in those comments, but it was still positive, so... That's why we're covering it here. Aside from winning two Grammy Awards and two MTV Video Music Awards, the album has also found its way on many best-of lists, including ranking at number 316 on Rolling Stone's original 500 Greatest Albums of All Time list back in November 2003. Rock City debuted at number 9 on the Billboard 200, selling 254,000 copies in its first week, and it went on to get certified two times platinum in America, with sales of over 2.8 million copies. The album has since sold close to 3.5 million copies worldwide. Definitely was more of a success in North America versus worldwide. I think that Gwen got a taste of a little bit of worldwide success with No Doubt. You know, they were they were pretty big in Europe and Japan, but they weren't mega sellers. But then when she came out with her solo project, it was this foundation and this groundwork that she laid with the band that allowed her to have the worldwide success that she eventually enjoyed with Love Angel Music Baby and her other solo efforts. So Rocksteady really was the album that kind of pushed them into the forefront because Tragic Kingdom, which was released in 95, was a huge album. But then their follow-up album, Return of Saturn, which came out in 2000, wasn't the success that everybody thought it was going to be. So there was a lot of pressure riding on No Doubt for this album, Rocksteady, because it was like kind of going to determine if they were going to be a flash in the pan band or if they were going to be a band with a lasting legacy and alas they are a band with a lasting legacy like i said earlier in this episode this was kind of the beginning of the golden years of gwen stefani you know 2001 to 2007 she was just having hit after hit after hit whether it be with the band or whether it be as a feature on an eve track or a moby track or a pharrell track or her solo albums she won grammys she sold records so this definitely was the beginning of that time i encourage you guys to listen to this album today because it is so good aside from the singles and aside from the Prince track Waiting Room there's some great songs on here like Detective like Start the Fire like Making Out produced by William Orbit such good feel good tracks even Platinum Blonde Life is such a good song it's gives me like whole dash the cranberries vibe very you know female rocker grunge in the early 2000s if that even was a vibe because i know that that was 90s but they kind of brought it in and merged it with every other genre a amazing medley of sounds this album was no doubt was that they were so experimental with everything that they always did they wrote all their songs and they made all their music so you know that it came from the heart and i can really appreciate that as a music fan and i'm sure you guys can as well Thank you guys so much for listening to this new episode of Planet 2000s. And I cannot wait because next week I've got my friend Troy Merkiti from the Dunzo podcast talking with me about Madonna's album music. So stay tuned for that. All right, you guys have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.